Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel, Star Wars, and everything in between. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping the Bad Batch finale titled Plan 99 in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And I'm joined by a guy that uh, should totally recognize me because we're sisters. <laughs> they caught me off guard. I, I didn't expect to get a reveal. I, I had no idea. I'm shocked, Michael. Uh, good thing. Uh, but now I have to make a choice between uh, turning myself over or saving you because, of course, they're going to let you go. That's how all of those situations go, right, Michael? Like, of course, you turn yourself in. They're going to let them go free and not murder them on the, the bridge. Yes. Um, so uh, we do. Uh, we have a guest here today. Uh, super excited. A very loyal uh, Stark warrior. Somebody that I've been talking to for a little bit now. I'm super excited to welcome for the first appearance on Stark Wars. It is our good friend, Andy. Andy, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thank you both for having me on. Super excited to be here. I've been listening to you guys for, for a little while now. And obviously, Michael, we were together on um, a different guest on a different podcast last year. So Great to sort of come full circle and, and be here with you guys today. Yes. Andy, um, I got to get your takes here. I mean, it has been a very interesting season for us on Star Wars, right? Um, you know, we'll get into the prediction of it all, I'm sure, where I, I bet Tommy was going to be in love with this season of Bad Batch, and then we ended up not covering half the season. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, all that aside, Andy, I got to get your takes. Bad Batch season two as a whole, what did you think? I think it's definitely been a lot of growth from season one. Um, I know early doors, I think a lot of people were, or for the first half of the series, people were complaining about a lot of filler episodes. Um, and I think the general consensus has been that maybe some of the best episodes that we've had this season haven't necessarily featured the Bad Batch either, when they focus more on the clones as a whole and possibly even Crosshair. But I think overall, it's it's come together at the end and been a really, really good season. I think the finale was not what a lot of people were expecting. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it in terms of you know what the route they were going to go down. Um, but overall, I think it's been a really good season. There's been a lot of good character growth for some of the some of our, our people in there, and such as Omega and I think Tech especially has had some really good character growth. Um, but I'm really excited to see where they're going forward. Obviously, they've put a lot of emphasis on the clones as, as a group, what they're going to do with them, how they're sort of viewing the Empire, and some of them are rebelling. And we're going to have, I think, a lot more good cameos to come next season. But overall, I think it's been a good sort of eight, eight and a half out of ten, I would say. Yeah, no, uh, well said. Um, and Tommy, I think I think the big conversation you and I are going to have is like, what does it mean to like the Bad Batch, right? Like, I think that's the big question here. Um, because I, th I think we come from uh, different uh, schools of thought, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, where like, was it worth some of the slower moments to get to the good moments? Um, and while, you know, and I'll be, I'll go easy. Just, I, I mentioned the prediction. I, my prediction was that Tommy was going to love the Bad Batch. And I, I'm not going to, I will, I will stick with that. I said, you are going to love the Bad Batch. That was my prediction. Yeah. So even if you come in and say it's good, I don't know that that counts. So no, I I'm think go, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go not to jump in, but I want to defend my friend, Michael uh, from Michael. Uh, <laughs> I think that it counts and this is why I'm going to give it to you because from I 
I don't think it's any secret. I'm not the hugest fan of the Bad Batch. I think the first season was all over the place, didn't really have had some direction, and I liked where it was going, but I think overall it was like, what are we doing here? I think I felt myself asking a lot of the time. I think going into season two, what I wanted to see was just vast improvements in a lot of areas, a direction, a focus, um, stakes, and, and a feeling of like, I would care if something happened uh, to, to these, these goofballs. And I think that happened. So I want to give it to you because I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, but I don't think I ever was going to be in love with the show. Uh, so I think for me, this is as, as high, but maybe I'll surprise myself. Maybe next season I'm going to come in with a Bad Batch shirt on, Michael. I'm going to have like a little like Omega like hat that goes on, my, like, you know. The Rafa and Trace action figures. Stop. No, that will <laughs> never happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think you got this prediction. It's what I would like to say. Okay. Now, uh, here's my thing. The finale, like, it does make up for a lot of stuff. Because, Tommy, I mentioned this to you. There was so much that, like, we we have actively talked about, complained about. And I feel like they addressed that specifically in this finale. We said that they were too afraid to kill somebody. We said that they were holding things back way too much. They weren't addressing the cloning stuff. And they gave it all to us. So, Andy, like, the finale in itself, like, um, do you do, are you as high as I am? Because like it, where I sit now, I think it's the best episode of Star Wars we've gotten this year, including the Mandalorian. Oh, I'm not sure I'd say it's it's the best episode of Star Wars that we've had this year, but I think it's definitely definitely up there. Um, as I said, I I think the way they a lot of people were predicting the finale to go was that we were going to get them all together, they were going to go and rescue Crosshair, and what I was predicting was there was going to be some sort of last stand, and Crosshair would maybe. Give, give his life to save the rest of the crew and let them escape. Um, so the fact that it just concentrated really on this event of they were trying to get to find out where this base was and get all there and it concentrated all really around that and and the way that that went. Obviously, I think once sort of tech <laughs> fell down and was holding on by a cable, we sort of knew where that was going to go. Um, and it's definitely heart-wrenching because... Like I said, I think they spent a lot of the season actually changing tech and sort of getting him to be more warmed up and a bit more human, so to speak, and a bit more interactive with the people around him. Um, and then so, so to have him, the one that was then sacrificing himself at the end, really sort of gives it a huge payoff. And then by the fact that they're all so sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? I suppose that they're taken unawares at the end by the fact that they're, they're sort of crossed by... Um, those that they thought were close to them or those that were keeping their secrets and and then they lose Omega at the end of it and so it's it's really sort of a, a way that I didn't expect it to end but it's given it a huge payoff in, in the way that they've grown through the series and here's my thing and Eve, I was feeling this in the moment because as we've talked about many times I mentioned it already it seems like Dave Filoni doesn't like to kill characters right so even as tech is falling I'm like is this his death <laughs> and i'm done. still like th there's a chance that like this is a walking dead glenn situation where he pulls himself under the dumpster right like i feel like there's still a wet like maybe they they took him to clone him tommy is there a chance that tech is still alive yeah there's definitely a chance and with feloni i want to put it past him that being said like i think it makes sense here i also think michael we might have caused this i think they listened to this and they heard us mentioned how it was very confusing between Echo and Tech and they were really going for the same job. Also, is there a theory that maybe Echo caused this? Is, we're going to see like another side of this 
where we find out that Echo, it's job security, baby. Take out the competition. Is that what happened here, Michael? That's where I'm. I'm got the whiteboard up, you know, coming up with my theories. There may be more to this, uh, but yeah, no, definitely, I could see see that coming. Andy, what do you think? Is there a chance that like he comes back and he is like, uh, you know, maybe he like grappled onto a tree down below the clouds there? I don't know. There's got to be something. I don't believe he's actually dead. To be fair. Um, oh, okay. I as soon as the the, the episode finished, I was like, I know. I, I don't believe he's fully dead simply because there's a sort of modern day thing. I think with a lot of TV series and films that you don't, the character isn't dead unless you see them physically die on screen. Um, plus maybe Dave Filoni aside, I think star Wars has walked into an issue over the last sort of five or six years where they not only can't kill off characters that when they do, it's like the comics, they just bring them back to life at some points and somehow, and it's, it's a big problem that star Wars has maybe started to stumble into a little bit. Um, but no, I, I don't believe for a minute that Tech's actually dead. Um, he, he seriously injured, definitely, but I think the Empire found him and they're going to be reunited sort of near the start of next season when they and they all escape together. <laughs> I hope it's not another Echo thing. Like be, I hope it's not like, oh, the Empire has Tech now and is using him for him. Because it's like we've already done... Again, are we just... Let's just make him one person. Let's just combine them, just make him one Techo. Teco, okay, hashtag Teco. Yeah, give him one body, uh, these two heads, one body, Teco. I will say, like, um, the biggest selling point for me to think that he is actually dead is, you know, I think Andy had mentioned it. Like, it felt like he had a lot of character development in this season. It almost seemed like, you know, like the, the racing episode. That was like his episode. Like, he got his own episode. Even it seemed like at the end there, he was kind of building up. Uh, towards a romance it seemed like um and like it just seemed like things were very centered around tech this season and it did kind of in hindsight feel like a little bit of a goodbye to the character but could that be like you know like in survivor when they do like you know someone's going home and they give them like a really big episode on the way out is that i just to play devil's advocate because i'm honestly on the same side as you guys i do think that tech isn't dead but but is it like oh let's build him up because he's gone he's he's out of here that's what I'm thinking. Andy, I don't know if you're a survivor guy, but uh, oh, I'm, not, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, well, sometimes a character has no edit whatsoever in the entire show. And then they get one episode where they just get so much content. And then it's because they're going home that episode. Yeah. So, so that's, this is, uh, this is text boot episode. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll put a pin on that. Um, we did. So just to kind of set up some of the stuff that was going in the finale, Tommy, do you have something to say real quick? No, no, it's, I just want to tease, I guess, to, to let you know. This isn't my favorite episode, actually. So there's, there's another one that I would love to talk a little bit about. Well, do you want to set that up? Uh, we can go We can go on your... Yeah, I, I love this episode, don't get me wrong. But I what got me, like, hyped was seven and eight. I think the mm -hmm. whole... Going back to the the uh, the council, going back to to the Senate, I just really worked for me. I liked just the whole being switch with like the emperor at the end, where it's like it all. He always has. He's always like ten steps ahead. I don't know. It really worked for me. Those two episodes. Yeah, it's a good arc. I feel like you know. I might clown on some of it, but the more I think about it, there's a lot of good stuff. Even, you know, one episode that kind of felt like a standalone, but also like told us a lot about the world was the return of the Zillow beast. 
which was uh, a huge thing. That was something we got in Clone Wars. It's back here. We find out that they were cloning it, which again, we've like been uh, theorizing that the Empire is cloning these uh, creatures or Force-sensitive people. And the, the fact that they did it with the Zillow Beast is very scary. So I don't know what plans they have going on. Uh, Andy, did, did you like the return of the Zillow Beast? I thought that was great. It was um, one of the great arcs, I think, from Clone Wars originally. And um, what I love about Babatch is because obviously it takes it takes place after Order 66, they're able to sort of wrap up a few of the Clone Wars arcs that they never really got to in the show. So by sort of just, even if you're having the sort of, I love the beginning of that episode when it was almost like a horror film. It was almost like Alien in a way where like there's a beast loose on the ship and everyone's getting killed by him. Um, and, and bringing back the Zillow Beast itself. Yeah, great moment to be fair. So another thing we got in this finale here is the return of a couple characters. Um, you know, if we had done our Tommy, I looked back at the cameo draft, you know, another another season gone with no winner. Uh, we did not predict any of the cameos, but there were some cameos in this episode. Um, of course, this is like Tarkin's compound they're going to. But we also get a critic from Rogue One who kind of sets up a Project Stardust. So that was interesting to see. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I think at this point, just every draft, should Tarkin just never be on anymore? Because I feel like you just always have to assume if, if they need like a cool Emperor guy to show up, it's going to be Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, Tarkin. I feel like there's a couple others that are like just shoe-ins. Um, yeah, R2-D2. If you ever need Jedi stuff, you go to R2-D2. Like, there's like these these people that they just like have like, all right, we got to bring in the Jedis. All right, R2, get in here. Yeah. Um, Andy, did you have like a, a cameo prediction this season, or maybe something down the road? Even like, do you do you feel like someone's going to show up? Um, I feel like it's going to have to show some other or post Order sixty six Jedi at some point as well. Um, I, I think everyone would love an Ahsoka appearance. Um, I think that's that's a shoe in for them to cross paths with with her at some point. Although, you know, she's probably hiding out on some outer rim planet somewhere on her own. So, um, I mean, simply because I'm sure you can tell by some of the collection behind me as well. I'm a big Darth Vader fan. So even just a little cameo of, of you know, it just needs to be like a Rogue One cameo or something. Like he's there trying to sort of bat down some insurgents and, you know, the, the Bad Batch are there helping out. And Vader just turns up and destroys a few hallways of people. Just that, even that would just make me immensely happy. So, um, but apart from that, I, I think it's such a big world that they could put almost anyone in there really, isn't it? It's, it's like you said, you guys with the cameo draft, it's, it's hard to get it spot on because there's so many people that you could just slip in there. I mean, we've got Saw Gerrera in this episode as well, yep. um, which, which was you know amazing to see not that long after his Clone Wars appearances. So he's, he's still looking sort of a, a bit younger and fresh face still. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I, I think I'd even mentioned in the past, it would be really cool to see the Bad Batch like go like, uh, face off vader like you like almost like uh you know like uh spider-man doctor strange and the guardians versus thanos on that plan on titan i think it's called uh you know something uh you know like uh, uh all these guys using their special skills to take on this uh holy infinite being so uh you know that's on my radar still i'd love to see all of them face vader so yeah i think uh, I, the ahsoka is something that i definitely see coming because you got the rex connection right there uh but vader would be very fun or darth jar jar just get slip that in there <laughs> just everything anything can happen in bad batch michael 
I mean, we mentioned like the possibilities of like post uh, Order sixty six Jedi's. Maybe we get more. Maybe would it be crazy to like follow the story of Killer and Beck and Grogu and Bad Batch? Like, I don't know. Could that be a thing? What if the animated Star Wars just becomes a huge crossover? We just get everyone, every series just together. You get your Avengers Endgame basically moment from Star Wars. I mean, if we're talking about the cloning of all and we're talking about, you know, the the Dr. Pershings and, and the Cameron Owens going after Grogu, I think it's, you know, it's actually not a bad uh, comparison, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, that's to talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's very clear that the clones are a huge thing right now in Star Wars. It seems like every series is at least touching on it in some type of way. Uh, all to just basically make the the uh, those Star Wars movies make sense and everyone be like, yeah, we're on board with the idea that Palpatine was cloned the entire time. Uh, but I, I kind of like it. It's at least we're getting the uh, information. Let's talk about the cloning a little bit here because there is a lot of stuff in this finale and throughout the series that we got. Um, especially at the end here, what was really interesting is obviously they have Crosshair tied up and all this stuff, but we see in the background the tanks of like this creature that I think everyone has presumed were Snoke clones or Palpatine clones, whatever. Um, but we see it again, and I don't know, it's 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 I feel like it's constantly put in front of our face like it was in The Mandalorian. Um, Andy, do you have any thoughts on like you know they're they're hinting at it a lot. Even yeah. they they tell Nala say like Nala says like it's impossible to do what you're doing, what you're planning on doing, which is clearly cloning force sensitive people. But I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts on that, Andy? I think it's it's pretty clear that yeah they've set out that they're trying to connect everything towards the sequels, and and obviously the you know the fact that Snoke is a is a is a clone, and obviously Palpatine's body in Episode Nine was a clone, so. Yeah, it's they're just you know all roads lead to the sequels, so to speak. Um, so I don't think there's there's any other way to think about it. We know that they're trying to clone force sensitives, or at least you know reproduce that in a clone in in terms of having a hydrochlorine count. So I don't think there's there's too much other interpretation for it. Um, you know, maybe Palpatine's gone down this road because we obviously saw in Clone Wars that he tried to kidnap force sensitive children in order to have an army of force sensitives underneath him. So whether he was planning on cloning the children themselves or whether he was just going to raise them to be inquisitors, it's pretty clear where, where they're going to go with that in terms of you know, linking it to towards that end, end game of things. So I, I didn't, th this was not something I ever thought about until this finale where Crosshair is laying on the table and you get a good look at his face. And Tommy, he looks like Snoke. Straight up, he looks like Snoke. You, so do you is your is your thing that Crosshair becomes the the OG Snoke or like the, this is the, the the start towards Snoke? I I think that Crosshair is patient zero of all the Snoke clones. If I had That's to throw a theory sad. out there right now, I'm still banking on Crosshair getting out. Maybe he starts a little farm or something. I want I want good things for Crosshair, Michael, because I feel like he's been, he's been through it. You can have a little sheep farm. I don't want to be Snoke, but I, I mean, yeah, like he did look like Snoke. I mean, maybe Crosshair gets away, but like his genetic makeup is still in the lab. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I could see that. Andy, is this crazy? Could could uh, you know what? I hadn't even thought about it crazy. until you mentioned it just then. But I, I can see where you're coming from in terms of looks. You know, yeah. an abnormal clone that that has a, a strong genetic makeup and, and desired qualities that they can use to try and 
force cloned a bit of chlorine thin too. Well, it's an interesting theory. I wouldn't put my house on it, but I'll tell you what, it's it's an interesting one now you think about it. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, we had talked about this in the past, Tommy, and, you know, for all the cameos and things that we get wrong, um, we have I've mentioned that it would make sense to clone the Bad Like, if the Bad Batch is, like, this enhanced form of the clones and they have all these special skills, why don't you just take the, the, the Bad Batch and clone them? Have, like, a bunch of super snipers. Yeah, I mean, imagine one crosshair takes out so many people. Imagine, like, even five crosshairs would be terrifying. Yeah, so, um, Andy, I want to get your takes on there a new character we got this season and very heavily featured in the second half of the show was Hemlock, this, mm. this new villain here, which very much clearly, you know, motivated by the cloning stuff. What did you think about uh, this new addition to the, the cast? I think he's almost a classic villain in a way, isn't he? He's, he's very sure of himself, obviously intelligent, but very smarmy at the same time. Um, as we know, we don't know too much about his, his background, but obviously we know he got kicked out of the Republic Science Corps for unethical experimentation and stuff like that. So perfect for, for the Empire, really, isn't it, in terms of what they want to do and what they want to achieve? Um, I think in order to care a bit more about him as a villain, rather than just thinking I'd like him to be sort of killed by the Bad Batch fairly quickly and get it over and done with, um, we do need a bit more on him and a bit more about his history. To, to really sort of care that he's going to be the main protagonist that the Bad Batch are sort of battling against and, and the future plans of the Empire that they're going to try and thwart. Um, I feel like it's building up to a big finale where, you know, you've got this guy and whatever his plans are and you've got the Bad Batch and Rex and whatever other clones they've got in tow behind them. We've seen obviously a few of them um, sort of go up against to, to stop whatever he's doing and free the clones that they've got caught up there. So an interesting guy. I think, yeah, maybe a little bit typical in a way in terms of how he's come across. But at the same time, you know, learning a bit more about his ultimate plan, maybe not just in terms of what he's trying to achieve for the Emperor in terms of the cloning. But what else has he got planned? What are the experiments he's doing on the clones to, to you know, the, and the ones that to, to stop them being decommissioned and for, in the normal way? So definitely some interest there in him. But at the same time, I think a very typical villain. Well, so what, what I found so interesting, and, like, he did lay out his motivations pretty early on about, like, getting Omega for Nala but I always felt like there was more to the, the reason that he, like, because we've talked about so much, like, there's got to be a, a greater plan for what they have with Omega and the purpose that she was created, right? But the fact that he wanted Omega so badly, it's hard for me to believe that it's only as like a tool to get Nalase to help, right? Uh, mm. Do you see a situation where like, I don't know, are they planning to clone Omega? Is there something more sinister going on here? I think there's there's got to be something about her that they want to use as well for the simple reason that half of season one, you know, the Kamenoans talked about getting her back because she was the last pure genetic replica of, of Django Fett in a way. And we're throwing that curveball right at the very end of the very last scene of the episode, aren't we, where the other female scientist reveals that they're sisters. So is she another sort of you know pure genetic uh, clone of, of Django Fett? What's going on there? You know, if if they've got her, why do they need Omega? So there's definitely a lot more intrigue as to why they need her and, and what they're going to use her for going forward. Yeah, speaking about the sister reveal here, um, something that like was never on my radar. Like I, I felt like for the longest time, 
you know, we were going to get Boba Fett in here. Like that was going to be the sibling rivalry going on here. But Tommy, do you have any thoughts on like where this is going, the purpose of the sister, the significance of her showing up now? Uh, it's weird to me. Yeah, no, that's where I'm at. It's weird. I, I, I'm assuming it's going to be built out. We're going to be like, ah, oh, maybe it's our, our favorite thing after the end of this, Michael. But right now, I didn't think twice about this character. Like, I, I wasn't like thinking, oh yes, we need a sister to show up here. So, I think I'm intrigued. I think like, like you guys said, it, it like leads to a lot of. Uh, it can. It makes me question where the show is going. But other than that, I'm like, okay. Cool. <laughs> I think the big thing for me is that, like, you're not sisters, right? I think the whole point of the Clone Wars and and a little bit of Rebels and this show is that, like, it's kind of the nature versus nurture thing. Just because you came from the same genetic background doesn't necessarily make you family, doesn't necessarily make you loyal to each other, and doesn't necessarily mean that you're all going to be thinking the same ways. So... Um, you know, I think if Omega smart, she's gonna be like, you're not my sister. I don't know who you are. We've grown up in two different places and with two different experiences. Uh, it's just silly to, uh, think that there's going to be any sort of connection there. I think. I also think what's going to be interesting about it is, was she made by the Cameroons or was she made by the Republic slash Empire? Um, simply because she's obviously a lot older than, than Omega, um, I seem to remember from season one, Tech saying that there was only two pure genetic replicas of Django Fett, which was codename Alpha, Boba Fett, codename Omega. So all of a sudden there's an older sister thrown into the mix. So I'm not even sure that she was technically made by the Kaminoans. Maybe the, the Republic scientist or Hemlock himself got, you know, one of the reasons he was kicked out was because he was making his own clones. Um, and and that, so therefore he's yeah. got her. That's a good point. And one thing that we found out at the end of last season and something they really wanted us to, uh, to grapple with is the fact that Omega is actually older than the Bad Batch because the Bad Batch has the accelerated growth hormone or whatever where where they, they age much faster. Omega doesn't have that. If her sister has it, there's a chance that her older sister is younger than her. So you make a good point. I, I can totally see a situation where the older sister was made by the Empire and has now grown up past Omega. So I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so some other um, points I wanted to touch on here. And this was like a big thing throughout the series. We even see a point where the Bad Batch has completely cut themselves off from their former employer, Sid. And Sid becomes a massive rat here at the end. And like, she tries to explain herself like, you guys are in a lot of trouble and you brought them back to my place. It's like, no, you told on them straight up. You're a rat, Sid. Tommy, what do you think of Sid coming out of the season? Sid sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sid has always sucked. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, I like good baggage. I like people that can, like, you know, Hondo is a great example of someone that, like, does self-interested things, is still charming. You're like, ah, it's okay, Hondo, we forgive you. But, like, I feel like they didn't set Sid up like that. We saw too much of Sid bonding with them. And I do think it's maybe less of a Hondo situation, more of a, a Lando, where I, I do could see Sid coming back and helping save Omega after this. But right now, I'm just annoyed because it, it, we got the one line of, like, don't trust Sid. And we're supposed to be like, ah, yes, 
this now feels like it was foreshadowed enough to validate this decision just so you can move your plot along. That's my only gripe is like you could have set it up a little bit more. Have have Sid do a couple backhanded things to to the Bad Batch before this. I kind of think Sid did though. Like that's the thing. Like what else that, did Sid do? I I can't remember what the exciting incident is, but they were like, we don't trust. Like I think she refused yeah. to provide some sort of backup for them when they were in trouble. And then uh, you know Sid just kind of comes calling back with a different job, and they're like, we're not working for you. You suck. Like I, I and also there was a point early in the season. It was the it was the racing episode. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. She has an old friend, and and he's like, don't trust Sid. And we're like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> Uh, what, what is Sid gonna do to them? And I, I think I think there were seeds in the season to say that Sid was not necessarily to be trusted. Yeah, I need a season one seed. Wait for yeah, the, let yeah, us yeah. know that you planned this right from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say that with confidence. Uh, Andy, you a big Sid guy? Not at all. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I, I called it almost straight from the start of season two that she was gonna do this. Um, I said to my partner, because we've been watching the show religiously together every Wednesday, I said from, yeah, from episode one, I was like, Sid's going to be the one towards the end of the series that's going to wrap them out. She's going to do something stupid, and she's going to call it into the Empire, and, and they're going to come get them. So absolutely no surprise at all. She has done backhanded things to them throughout the whole series. She's been very dismissive of them every time that they've either provided stuff for her, or they failed a job, or she's needed their help, and they've given it to her, and she's just sort of carried on as normal. So Absolute snake, good riddance. I hope she gets killed in the next series. <laughs> do we think like her bond with Omega at all, or do we not read into? I felt like her and Omega were kind of like, like maybe Omega might be able to pull on those heartstrings and get get Sid back. I don't know. What would be the point though? No, you know, like, nothing. Just like yeah. I don't think they need. Like even this is another talking point I wanted to touch on is the fact that Hunter, after the death attack, Hunter goes to Omega and is like, "It's time to settle down." I say we go back to Pabu or whatever it's called and, you know, just hang up the guns and just live a peaceful life. Right. Um, and it, it makes you wonder, like, you know, obviously they have, still have to get Omega back at this point, but um, it seems like that's their next step. Like, I, I don't see them like going on missions anymore. I think it's about saving Omega and then whatever else comes after that. I think once in a while, like, do you think Rex calls him in? Like, ah, we need, we need you guys in for a little quick, quick rendezvous. Uh, yeah, but I agree. I think they settled down. Um, but I, I guess Sid's done her. So is this like RIP? Do you think we see Sid ever again? Probably. Uh, well, it's hard to say. Probably yeah. though. I mean, I feel like they could uh, get her back, at least. <laughs> or see Sid in like another. I don't know, like man, Mandalorian. There's Sid just oh, God, still wheeling and dealing. <laughs> killer den <laughs> i think they bring her back for like a little appearance here or there maybe in the next series but apart from that i don't think they've got much use for her she's maybe served her purpose as like a little base for the first season or two for them and now that she's betrayed them i think that's pretty much her her arc done not everyone needs or deserves a redemption mark so i think the interesting thing is maybe i, I can put this question to you guys is that does everyone deserve or will everyone get a happy ending in terms of, you know, do they get to settle down on a planet and, and live out their, their lives like that? Or do you sort of have to go down fighting and 
and sort of have a way. Stories like this always tend, they like to wrap it up in a nice way at the end, don't they? In terms of everyone gets a nice ending, everyone's sort of neatly tied up in a bone, they go and live happily ever after, or they've made some sort of heroic sacrifice. What do you guys feel in terms of, are they going to get the Bad Batch, their happy ending, or are they going to have to be the kind of crew that because we don't really see them in later sort of things like Rebels and, and the original series or anything post that, that they're going to have that sort of ending where they go out heroically? So, uh, you know, if I was thinking like logically here, I would say that um, the Bad Batch is not in any future projects. They're going to go out in a blaze of glory at some point. Maybe they die off one by one or maybe they all die at the end. I feel like somehow you have to wrap up that story. With that being said, I said the same thing about Ahsoka during Clone Wars. And Ahsoka is still alive. So um, I think it depends on how much Dave Filoni attaches himself to these characters. You know, he can easily headcanon a way that these people were here the whole time. Um, so it could go either way. Uh, I, I think I would prefer for them to close up the story permanently, not just happily ever after, but um, these guys go down fighting for good. Yeah, I, I could see, I think I'm in the, they go down before a cause, like Omega gets out and Omega, like, sneak, I don't know, something happens with Omega, but uh, they sacrifice themselves. I also think, like, if we're, like, I do think there's a chance that maybe the rest make it out, but Hunter, I feel like Hunter's whole thing is being a dad and settling down, and I feel like it's almost tragic. I don't think they'll do this because it's Star Wars, but if I was writing it, I would have the tragic story of, like, Hunters, the rest get Hunter's happy ending, but Hunter has to sacrifice himself so that they can they can get that that story. Um, but again, I'm with Michael. It's like I don't know. It could go either way. I like the idea of having kind of like you know you like the ending of Rogue One, where they sort of do everything that they need to do to sort of further the story along, and and then that's where their story ends definitively, rather than they've been hidden on a you know secret tropical island. And lived out their, their the rest of their clone lives. Yeah. So um, honestly, guys, I, I don't have a whole lot more talking points. Is there any other highlights, uh, either from the season as a whole or the finale, that you guys want to touch on? I think that um, I'd like to see maybe in the next season a lot more of sort of the clones that we became really familiar with in the Clone Wars, or that we've seen in other projects, like. Um, you know, in Rebels, we get to see Rex, Gregor, and Wolf together. I'd like to see maybe Wolf make an appearance because obviously, you know, he's going to be in a future project, and we, you know, we so maybe have him sort of bound up and join with Rex and um, and Echo and, and what they're doing with Gregor. Um, I'd like to know what happens to Cody because obviously we see him in what like the second, third episode of the series, and the, we find out at the end that he's gone AWOL. Um, so for me, I think when you're talking about maybe a camo draft for next season, I'd like to see some of the more famous clones that we've either seen in Clone Wars or seen in the in these couple of series and, and just find out what happens to them. Because I think I'd reiterate my point that most of the, the best episodes, perhaps, of this series haven't necessarily featured the Bad Batch and have featured stories away from what they're doing, but connected to the clones as a whole. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a great... I, I think I would like to see, like, Rex build up this team, as he's already doing, um, and have his own bad batch of sorts, get some of the loose ends in there, and then, like, maybe clear it out. Maybe maybe Rex has that Rogue One-type ending where he loses half his friends and the other half go off uh, and pick up back where we see them in Rebels. So. Yeah. Definitely want to see more Rex stuff. I think that's... We didn't talk a ton about it, but Rex... Uh, 
was a big highlight of, of I wasn't I, I don't know about you two. I did not expect maybe this is me being naive. Going into the season, I wasn't like, oh yeah, we're gonna get a huge like Rex storyline that kind of pushes the what we knew because a lot of what we know about Rex's story is you know from the future in Rebels where they they talk about what what he did. Um, so yeah, I was I was a little surprised. I think. Well, even heading into the series, I feel like I feel like before it actually started, I heard that Commander Cody was gonna be in it. Um, and that seemed like that was going to be a bigger story point than it turned out being. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of seems like Rex kind of, as always, uh, takes the spotlight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think, yeah, a lot more clone stuff in season three. I'd love to see it. I mean, we all love Rex, though, don't we? You know, we'd be pretty happy if we got a, a Rex series on his own, to be fair, wouldn't we? And, and got to see all of that. So, yeah, gosh, I hope season three just has bring back Rafa and, and Trace. Uh, they need a new base now that Sid's gone. Gra- the, their garage, oh man, bring them back. Who else? Teo, oh, have that robot thing come back. <laughs> All that that's what I want to see in season three. I think he died. <laughs> Teo, well, uh, the robot. Listen, if Mandor has shown me anything, any yeah. robot can come back probably because this is a week, you know. With enough motivation, right? Uh, <laughs> With enough know. plot armor, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what else, guys? What else uh, do we need to talk about? Uh, any other predictions for season three? Um, where we're going with? Uh, I think I kind of laid mine out. I think I think the big storyline is going to be trying to get Omega back. Um, I think that, and uh, maybe maybe is next season the final season? Because I, how much further can they go with all this? I don't know. How long do you think Omega takes? I, I see like a two episode arc for the Omega get Omega back. Or do you see it as like the first half of the se- season? I don't know, Andy. What do you think? I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's the plot of the season. The whole season. I think maybe if they did that for the first half of the season, because if they did it in in the first two episodes, I think that would be a bit of a disappointment, and it's being done almost a bit too easily. Um, I think to draw it out over half a season and they can elaborate a bit more on what Hemlock's sort of plan is and and sort of fill that out a bit more and maybe a bit more of his background. And then the second half is sort of, you know, where they do get a back and then they're trying to bring all the clones together as a whole to, to then fight the Empire and, and stop what they're doing on this base. So I think that's it's going to be a big driving uh, driving point for obviously for the next season because you know they've ended it with the fact that the empire have got her so they have to obviously undo it. I think it's it's a cop out to do it in the first couple of episodes. It's it's too easy. So for me, pe- the perfect way to do it is to draw it out over half a season, then the second half is building everything up with the clones to have a sort of big maybe big final showdown of it all. Um, I'm still what I wanted for this season finale, which was them going and breaking out Crosshair and Crosshair sacrificing himself for the rest to escape. I'm still going to put money down that that would happen in season three. Um, I, I see this for some reason as being Crosshair's ending in terms of they spent a lot of this season or a lot of Crosshair's episodes in this season building up this whole thing of changing his mind from season one where he was like, I'm a good soldier, I follow orders. Um, to understanding how the rest of the clones feel about the Empire and, and how they're being discarded, and to have him sort of reverse how he felt about that. So I, I feel like this is going to be his arc for season three. Um, I'd be surprised if if he isn't the one that gets sacrificed at some point. You still need that sort of bit that they had, at the, say in the season finale of episode one, where they had all, all of them together on Camino. And they had that sort of like brief 30 second minute bit where they're all shooting at the droids and the bad batch music playing in the background to see them all together 
for that moment. I still think they're going to have one or two moments like that in season three, but I still think, yeah, extending it beyond next season, I think, is is stretching a storyline out that maybe is a bit dangerous to to do so. So I think one more season is is the prime for them. Another season, maybe, but I don't see it going much beyond that. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, at least half a season for the Omega stuff. I th- I just feel like there's so much they have to build out there. Like, are they going to build up the relationship between her and the sister? Again, are we going to explore the Hemlock stuff? And then Crosshair's there as well. So I, I just feel like there's so much meat on the bone there that, you know, uh, I, I feel like it deserves a lot, but I don't know. We'll see. Totally. I, let me clarify. I meant them going to actually get Omega was going to be a two-episode arc. I don't yeah. think they're going to be, like, chasing her down for an entire season, but I think, like, they're going to be there. The sisters are going to bond because I definitely think they're. I think there's going to be some bonding between the the two sisters, um, and I definitely think that like they're going to be actively pursuing her. But I think they're going to be caught into other missions that they're going to have to do while they're while they're trying to get information on her. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone. Cool. Um, well, all right, guys. I mean, that's it for me. Um, any other uh, final thoughts on uh, any farewells to the Bad Batch this season? It's done. So, Tommy, done. are we just putting we a check it. on it? I was. My prediction was right. Yeah, this I I, I would give okay. that to you. Okay. Wow. I, you gave me less. Well, because like if you remember, I believe there was one that you were a little like you didn't think I should have last season, and you gave it to me anyways. So I feel like this is now now we're even. Now we're I feel like yeah, if you're half right, that's enough. Whatever. I think if you're like if if we both walked away being like this season one because I think you would have gave me like if the first half continued into the second half, I think you would have gave it to me and been like, Yeah, that wasn't a good season. I understand that you didn't like that, you know? I feel like it was one of those things we were gonna have to decide together. Yeah, I'm not. In try- and here's the thing: I'm not faking liking the second half. You no, know, totally. Like, you know, for yeah. for next, so like, <laughs> uh, if it was bad, I would have I would have called it as I saw it. <laughs> Michael saw the show; it was terrible. He's like, I really got to sell this show to Tommy so that I can win this prediction draft. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, do we want to do some uh, recommendations to close out the show? Um, Tommy, I'm. I know you're always hard pressed. I'll just throw it to you and put you in the hot seat. I'm always hard pressed. Like I can't think of one. Yeah, I mean, usually you're just like you're binging like 20 seasons of Naruto, and like it's hard to. I'm just watching the same show over. That's my problem. (laughs) Well, I do have a recommendation, Michael O'Rear. Yeah, I do. It's uh, well, we're gonna talk about it more, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But I saw the D and D movie. I loved it. I think you had to go in like just expecting a wild ride. Um, it if you play D and D, it fits it way more than doing like something super high fantasy and I, I think what they were going for uh without being too spoilery guardians of the galaxy meets fantasy that's that's what you should go in feeling and it was a really good time andy do you have any interest in the dnd movie um i do i mean i don't play it myself but my other half is is a big fan and she she plays a lot um so it's definitely one that we haven't gone to see yet but it's definitely um gonna go see in the next sort of week or two all right well andy do you have a recommendation you want to leave with the audience um i think a decent film that i've i've seen recently is the film called 65 um i don't know if you've seen it starring adam driver um where basically you know some advanced humans crash crash land on a planet um and they're trying to find a way to obviously survive and get off um and it turns out that this planet is inhabited by a bunch of 
monstrous lizards that it turns out to be Earth 65 million years ago, and he's basically running away from dinosaurs. Um, it's quite a short film. It's only about an hour and a half long, but to me, it was it was pretty awesome and, and exactly what's needed for a little fun trip out to the cinema. I remember when that trailer dropped, and like it kind of shook the internet for a minute. Like people were like Adam Driver and like basically a new Jurassic Park, right? And like I feel like people were talking about it a lot, and then it came out, and I didn't really hear anything. So um, I don't know. Maybe I have to check it out now. So. I think it's definitely worth a good shout. Yeah. Tommy, I'm a little torn. There was two shows that started back this week, and I'm sure I've recommended them both in the past, but I'm not sure which one I want to go with, or do I go with both? Recommend both at the same time, switching every other sentence. Okay. This is tough. <laughs> it really is. I, I give you a challenge. This show has come back uh, to us, and it is on HBO, and this new show is on Showtime. The show is called Succession, and it is a show about people that crash land into the wilderness and have to survive. And the show tracks... <laughs> this is it's very gold. No, this, But it's gold. You're doing so well. Uh, it's Yellow Jackets in Succession. If you're, not on the, if you're not on the bandwagon here, hop on. These are two great shows, especially Succession. I think Succession is one of the best shows of the 21st century. And Yellow Jackets, it's just good fun. Uh, I don't know that it's going to hit the upper echelon of TV shows, but you know, if you're looking for that lost itch, uh, it will fulfill it. So um, there's that. I've heard great things about both shows, and, and because you endured that, I'll, I'll try to do something like that next week, Michael. I will, I will <laughs> challenge myself. You know, I have time. I guess I won't practice. Just uh, on the podcast, I swear that I will not prepare a... a uh, prepare the sentences ahead of time so I can do it improv like Michael did as well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like if you gave me like, uh, you know, a day to write it, I could have come up with like a really interesting. Yeah. Well, thing. I just had the idea. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell that Tommy to go back in time <laughs> and tell you. <laughs> uh, all right, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. This was such, a, it was nice to get you on here. Finally. Um, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can find you online and everything else you're up to. Hey, thank you very much both for having me. It's it's definitely been an honor to, to finally get on here. Um, so I'm starting my brand new podcast um, in about a week and a half's time. We've got the first episode coming out um, simply because I'm off to Star Wars Celebration next weekend in London. Um, my first time going to, to a celebration event. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, and I'm going to be reviewing the event as a whole and obviously all the news that's going to be coming out of there. Um, so that's going to be my very first episode. Um, the Galactic Core Podcast, that's that's our name. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok as well. Obviously, no episodes released yet, but, you know, you can keep all up to the news and, and obviously find the episode once it does come out on there. Cool. Andy, thank you again for doing this. Tommy, anything else to sign us out with? Hey, we love the Bad Batch. We, yes. we forgive you, Bad Batch. We... We said some things in the past that we may not have uh, may not have been kind, but uh, we like where you're going. Stay on this trajectory, Tommy. I actually have a couple podcasts to plug here. Whoa, yeah, I have no podcast. That's that was my. I'm, I am. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll uh, push this podcast. Yeah, watch this. Listen yeah. to this. Uh, I'd love to recommend the thing that you're listening to right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, uh, I'm guessing I had a couple things coming up this week. Uh, actually, uh, here in about 30 minutes, I'm going to be talking with Earth894, who have done their 
um, Multiverse of March Madness. It's basically a showdown between MCU characters, and uh, I get to go commentate on that. Um, that was a lot of fun. We got to fill out, like, they had brackets and everything. And actually, I had my son, my three-year-old son fill out my bracket. And he doesn't know the name of all the characters yet, but like I would show him pictures and he would just pick one. And, you know, like the the, the typical ones with far like Doctor Strange was a big one for him. Spidey. Um, he, he hasn't seen Eternals, but he loved the look of the Celestials. So he was always picking the Celestials. So we taught him well. We taught him well. <laughs> See, Michael, you're on these podcasts doing like actual, like getting listeners for us by doing like Star Wars Marvel stuff. I'm over here on the Boy Meets World podcast, the Zoe one of sorry, Zoe's Infinite Play Player Extraordinary Playlist, you know. Well, the other one I'm doing is Two Sides of the Story with Tom Size, who's been on here a couple times. And to be fair, I don't know what we're talking about. He just asked me to come on. I don't know. I, just, I mean, I guess Mandalorian, but he didn't say for sure. Should, we, say, hey, Should we have like mystery podcasts where we're like, come on, we're not going to tell you what show it's about. <laughs> you just got to be ready. Andy, that's your next next time on Star Wars. You're going to have no idea. We're just going to hope you solve the thing we're talking about. I'll come on blindfolded. Won't be able to see you. Won't be able to anything. Just fire away. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week with Mandalorian coverage. And as we have teased, we're going to have some D and D coverage coming up as well. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we might talk celebration, just the headlines. Who knows? Um, and uh, ask us uh, for our Discord link because we have a little Discord community going on. And if you want to get in there, you can hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Star Wars Pod, and we will get you the link. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye.